0: Previously on Mona's Isle. You're his sister. He needs you to listen to him and you need to give him that.
1: He doesn't want me, Dad. He wants Mum. He wants all that make-believe nonsense she told him before she went into hospital. Will you two get over here? It's going cold. Need a hand with anything, Mona? No, you're all right, Artie. Oh, you have all brought enough socks, haven't you? Socks go missing from this house. Well, the left ones do. What's Parish Day? Surely your mother told you about Parish Day?
0: I thought you stepped back from all of that.
1: I did. But Mrs Quiggin and Mrs Quirk needed the help again this year. I had hoped that... No. But your mother would have loved to see you. Why do you
0: all want me to be some pretend version of Mum?
1: I'm sorry, Mona.
0: She's only lashing out because she got it in her head that there'd be internet here.
1: Internet? Why would she do that? Maybe to talk to my friends? Oh, grow up, Rory. Your brother's three years younger than you and you don't see him acting up like this, do you?
0: Yeah, well maybe Ashley's okay with not talking to his friends because he doesn't have any. des Mona's Isle. You're listening to Mona’s Isle. A bewitching tale of adventure and folklore told by me, Kyle Withington, and a host of the Isle of Man's finest actors. So settle in for the Manx myths, mystery and magic set to unfold. is episode four, Fairy Stories. Ashley slumped his back against the bedroom door. The door was old and the deadbolt lock had jammed inside the frame. So it was really the only way to keep the others out. That said, the spare room that granny had set up for him was so filled with junk, it was hard to know where else he could sit. Even the bed seemed to be an afterthought Bits of collapsed old furniture and cardboard boxes were stacked up higher than Ashley's head. It was more like their garage back in England than a bedroom. Without anyone there to tell him off, he took the opportunity to wipe a few sniffles on the sleeve of his hoodie. It was only the first night of what would be a whole week. If he was going to make it through unscathed, then he needed to add a few of his own personal touches. His mum always said he had quite the talent for making himself comfortable. And when it came to soft furnishings, Ashley was a bit of an architect. He started by stripping the bed to see what he had to work with. From the base sheet, he crafted a canvas roof by jamming one end into the top drawer of the dresser and tucking the other under the back of his heavy suitcase. For final touches, he installed the duvet as a sort of backrest for a pillow sofa and rerouted the flex of the bedside lamp to bring some light into his new cozy nook. He sat back to admire his handiwork. It wasn't the best he'd ever built, but it would do. Years ago, he and Rory would get up early on Saturday mornings to build blanket forts. For a time, they got their fort building down to a fine art. They had to work quickly because once their dad was awake, they would usually be told to put it all away again. Their mum would see the fun side though. Sometimes she'd even join in. Those were some of the first times that Ashley had heard her speak about Manannan and so many of the other fascinating magical creatures of the island. When she got sick, his mum had been the first to see that he was feeling distant and lonely. Sat in one of his blanket forts, she told him stories about a young girl she knew from the Isle of Man. She was called Robin, and every day she had new adventures with the island's fairy folk in her magical garden. He loved the way his mum told Robin's stories. They seemed to link together all of the myths about the island, and there was always another adventure to be had. She never read from a book. Instead, the stories came to life in her eyes, as if she could see them happening right there in the room. Sometimes she would even make him a character in the story too, letting him decide what he and Robin would do for the day and set the scene for hours of fun. Her tales wove in and out of wondrous make-believe so softly that it was hard to know where his pillow forts ended and her fairy world began. That, however, had all ended when his sister had started complaining At first, she said it wasn't fair that Mum was spending so much time with him. She'd done her best to spend more time with Rory too, and always encouraged her to join in, but Rory made it quite clear that she was too old for myths and legends. Later she complained that Mum preferred Ashley. This had made Mum cross, and they'd had a big argument until her lungs heaved and Dad had to help her up to go and rest. It wasn't long before the doctors said that she would have to stay in the hospital. He and Rory had been taken to visit her many times, but Rory just sat in the corner of the room, playing her game, building a wall around herself to keep the whole family out. When mum got worse again, their dad had started taking Rory alone to see her. Mum didn't have the strength to talk for a long time, or at least that's what dad had said. It wasn't hard to see that dad was hoping that Rory would make better use of the little time that there was left. When they got back the afternoon that Mum was moved to the ward down the long corridor, Rory looked hollow. Ashley had run to give her a hug, but she just swore at him and pushed him out of the way. Something had happened. She'd never been the same since. He'd built a lot of forts that week. Under a blanket cover, the world felt that little bit smaller and safer. As his mother's voice faded from his mind, he found that he could still hear Robins. Lost in those long hours, there were fleeting moments where he could picture her sitting on the extra cushion laid out on the floor. Ashley put his hand into his pockets and pulled out the photograph from Granny's kitchen table. There she was, looking right back at him. When the picture was taken, she wouldn't have even known about him yet, but in her eyes was a look that he recognised. Looking a little closer, He could make out something around her neck, a little stone on a string. The way it caught in the light almost looked as if it were glowing. The bedroom door creaked and Ashley realised he'd forgotten to lodge a few of the heavier boxes against it. He stuffed the picture back into his pocket. Good to see you've made yourself at home. Granny Mona sat on the side of the bed. There was a rustling in the bedsheet wall of the fort as the tailless cat crawled underneath to explore the curious new space. He gave the cushions a sniff and, satisfied with their familiar, musty tone, he settled into a tight ball and was soon purring away.
1: So, have you worked this room out yet?
0: Ashley was puzzled.
1: It was your mum's. Thought you'd have gathered that from rushing through all this
0: stuff. Took you to be more of the curious type. Ashley poked his head out to take another look. He felt a bit guilty to have mistaken it for a pile of old junk.
1: You'll have to excuse it all being such a mess. I've been meaning to sort it all out.
0: Ashley went to the first box he could find and pulled out a sheet of paper. It was a drawing of a scary-looking witch. Granny chuckled. She got
1: first prize for that. It's Ginny the witch and a pretty good likeness too. She made it for hop that year. Option A. Don't be telling me you've been calling this Halloween. We carve turnips here, Ashley, not pumpkins. And there's plenty of songs about Ginny the Witch and all her mischief. She was quite notorious in her time, you know.
0: He thought it best to put it back, but Granny stopped him.
1: You keep it. I've had it in mind to offer you and your sister a pick of this lot, but your dad thinks it's best to leave her out of it for now.
0: The cat was starting to snore. He put a cautious hand out to stroke him. His fur was soft and calming, and the gentle rhythm of his deep breaths began to slow his own. You've been
1: awful quiet, Ashley. You feeling okay? Not really.
0: Ashley leant on her arm. He didn't know what to say at first. In all the shouting and the arguments, they spent so long talking about how Rory was feeling. It was nice to be asked. How did he feel? That wasn't something he'd said aloud before. It felt wrong. It felt like saying it would make it real. Granny Mona pulled him close for a warm hug.
1: I want Rory to be my friend.
0: Granny gave him a familiar look. It was a look his mum used to give him. Sorry and sure all at once.
1: "'She still is, Ashley. She's just a bit... lost. "'Are you up for hearing a story?'
0: Ashley nodded, and Granny beckoned him out into the hall to sit on the windowsill there. Through the window, Ashley could see the whole of Mackled Village. Beyond the headland was the church, the green, a cluster of houses, and then rows of fields rolling down into the valley and up again to the hills out at the horizon.' Long ago,
1: the two Kenish brothers inherited half of that farm just past the village from their father, but he never gave instruction as to where the Midland line was to be set. When one brother, a shepherd, put more of his sheep in a field, he pushed his line wider. His brother, a cowherd, would then push it right back again with his cattle. For the best years of their lives, they fought for divilment over just a few yards of simple pasture. That was at least till the one fateful winter. Snow swept in overnight, four foot deep it was by dawn. The livestock was buried, and the brothers were desperate to dig them all out before they froze to their death. To start with, they stuck to their own halves, each pulling out sheep after sheep and cow after cow. But the snow was so thick that neither could see where the sheepfield ended and the cow field began. Soon the shepherd had pulled out many a cow and his brother countless sheep and the whole thing got all mixed up. That year they realised they were tired of not getting along and work together, putting down a track to make it easier to get all the fields ready for another harsh winter. It's the same route as the road you see over there today. Hasn't changed in 60 years. It wiggles and winds round each of their old tantrums, but now it connects our little village to everything else on the island. Trade allure is what we say here, Ashley, means there's time enough
0: yet. Granny gave him a knowing smile and looked back into his mum's old bedroom.
1: Oh, if this little bedsheet cottage of yours is staying up, you'll be needing more sheets for sleeping in. You're not going to be curling up on that floor like that cat.
0: She pulled out a whole assortment of new blankets from the dresser and put them on the end of his bed. They looked brand new and smelled faintly like lavender. Ashley was certain that the dresser had been empty when he'd looked through for fort building materials. She helped him make the bed, and once he'd got into his pyjamas and brushed his teeth, she tucked him in for the night.
1: We'll have ourselves a lovely day tomorrow, don't you fret. If I, Ashley.
0: She looked over at the curled-up cat. Granny blew him a kiss and left, leaving the bedroom door slightly ajar so the cat could come and go as he pleased in the night. All was quiet. Until the hall lights came back on and his dad's boots thumped up the stairs from the landing, shouting for Rory. The bedroom door swung open, and the light switch flicked on. Is your sister in here? His dad was out of breath. Ashley shook his head, almost in disbelief. Why on earth would Rory be in his room? He started to ask a question, but his dad cut him off with a loud sigh. Don't worry. Please, just go back to sleep. The light flicked off again and the footsteps thudded their way back down the stairs. In the light from the landing, he saw the cat get up, stretch, and abandon its post to wander off after his dad. You've been listening to Mona's Isle. To get in touch or learn more about the magic, myths or making of the podcast, Go to Mona's or find us on Instagram at Mona's Isle. Subscribe to join us next time as the adventure continues in episode 5: A Roof of Thatch. This episode of the Mona's Isle Podcast was created by me, Kyle Withington, with the support of the Isle of Man Arts Council and Culture Vanin. It features an original score by David Kilgallen. The podcast is produced and edited by Catherine Thornley and Joseph Maddock. And recorded by David Armstrong and Lewis Withington. The characters in the show are voiced by Alice Smith, Joseph Jennings, Tony Eccles, and Sonia Callan. Thank you for listening, and the full show notes are available on our website.